the celebration is on. The joy is flowing. But somebody comes and recognizes there's some draining happening in this ceremony. There's a drainage that is happening, and it's going to wind up turning the ceremony upside down. First, giving honor to God, our great Father, to our Lord and Savior, Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. And to all of you that are here today, I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. Our scripture text that was read earlier, I want to lift up uh, just five verses out of that text. This morning, back in John chapter 2, I want to lift up verses 1 through 5. And it reads, the next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Canaan in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem. Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Amen. I want to share today from the subject of lessons from a wedding. Lessons from a wedding. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we come to that time now where we share your word. I pray, Father, that you would lead and guide by your Holy Spirit. I pray, Father, for a fresh feeling, a fresh empowerment of your Holy Spirit. Let your spirit fall afresh, not just here on me, but on this place. Father, use me for your will and for your glory. Then I pray, Father, that you would open our ears and help us to listen. Open our eyes, for we want to see Jesus. Then open our hearts that we might receive him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Blessed Holy Ghost, amen. amen. I see the Lord seated on the throne, exalted, and the train of his robe fills the temple with glory. And the whole earth is filled, and the whole earth is filled, and the whole earth is filled with his glory. I see the Lord seated on the throne. Exalted, and the train of his robe fills the temple with glory, and the whole earth is filled, and the whole earth is filled, 
And the whole earth is filled with His glory. Holy, 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 holy is the is no secret by now again our daughter was married on uh, yesterday and, and as I thought about all of the things that happened throughout the week and all the stuff that happened on yesterday and and even the fact that she walked down the same aisle that my wife and I walked down 24 years ago in the same church, stood at the same altar. Different preacher this time, but amen, the same place. I just pray that they would have the longevity, that they would have the love and the devotion to one another. But I believe as long as they keep God in it and they keep God a part of it, they will have just that. But as we talk about weddings and and you know there's a lot that goes into weddings, amen. Uh, the flowers and the things of that nature that you buy. You know, people get extravagant these days when it comes to weddings, amen. Now, my wife had to convince me that when we got married that we needed to spend the money that we spent, amen. I, I thought we could have done it a little cheaper, amen. You can call me cheap or whatever you want to call me, but... Uh, I had a belief, and I still have that same belief. Why well, spend all of that money on something that's going to last 20, 30 minutes? Amen. When you got to live a lifetime together. Amen. And the amount of money that people are spending on weddings these days, you can put a down payment on a house. <laughs> something of that to me. That's just my way of thinking. Amen. Uh, so I have to have, they have to pray for me because... I'd be wondering, like, why do, why do you need to spend all of that? Why do you need to do all of that? Why do you need real flowers? Amen. But I guess that's a man thing. Amen. But, but it, it, it's, it's the thinking of all of the stuff that happens, all of the people 
that need to come together, all of the, the people that need to be willing to relinquish their ideas and their, their, their thoughts sometimes, you know, because I, I tell people all the time that two things that I have found out being in ministry that will bring out the worst in people. Two things, funerals and weddings. Funerals, you have people who want to do things their own way. Even though there may be a list left by the loved one on what they want done, how they want it done. And then some people show up, you know the ones. They haven't been there for grandma, they haven't been there for auntie, they haven't been there for mama, but they show up and they're crying the loudest at the funeral. Amen. Amen. And then there's always a cousin or a brother or sister or somebody sitting on the front row. What they crying for? Amen. Am I telling the truth? Amen. You were not there all these years. Now you're up there boohooing like you've been. <laughs> and then, God forbid, if they have a little something, now there's the fight over what's left behind. Weddings are the same way. Again, you got people that show up, and, and everybody has their own personality. Everybody has their own mindset. And I've, I've, I've had to, unfortunately, threaten to not do a wedding one time because of how they were acting at the rehearsal. Amen. Amen. I told them I'm not going to be a part of no foolishness and nonsense. Get it together or we don't going to do this at all. But it, it's... Those two I found out that can bring out the worst in people sometimes. If we would just learn to realize, I guess in the moment, like I had to tell somebody, I'm just here to officiate. I'm let the people that get paid do what they're supposed to do. Because they paid them, let them do their jobs. We have to keep in mind that when we going through this process, the, the wedding, there's a, an intent is for the bride to have the day that she desires. I know, Mr. Johnson, we just get to stand there in your tux and you just get to look handsome in front of everybody, but the, really the day is all about her. Everybody waits on her to come in. Everybody stands. Nobody stands when the groom comes in. <laughs> they, they stand when she comes in. They go, ooh, oh, <laughs> and all of that. We just get to stand there and admire a bride as she comes down the aisle. But sometimes people can try to make it about them instead of making it about the bride. But as I began to think about weddings, and I began to realize that there are some lessons that we can learn from a wedding that took place in Cana of Galilee. A wedding that Jesus and his mother and apparently the disciples were invited to. And this wedding can teach us some things that would help us in our spiritual journey in life. But I want us to understand that as Christians, we must remember that following the word of God can lead us back to the restored joy that we may find slipping out of our lives. If you've been a Christian long enough, you will find that there sometimes are challenging times. There are some times where your joy seems to be fading away. We were excited when we first got saved. We were 
overjoyed. We wanted to tell everybody, but somehow that seems to wear off. Somehow that seems to fade away. But we've got to realize that there's a joy in understanding that we are now in the body of Christ. There's a joy in understanding that God has saved me. There's a joy in that. The question is, what happened to the joy that we experienced? What happened to the joy that was there so, so in a, an abundance, but all of a sudden now it seems like we can't find joy anywhere. But it's all because something has happened in our life that has robbed us of our joy. And when I look at this text, these people are at a wedding. And the bride and the groom are enjoying themselves. The wedding party is enjoying themselves. But it tells me in that first two verses that Jesus is there. And that the celebration is on. And it says that as they are celebrating and Jesus and his disciples are invited to this celebration. It helps me to know that first of all, I've got to ask, who is in or on your guest list? Who's on your guest list? Amen. If you had a guest list for your life, who is on it? Who's on the guest list of your life? You see, sometimes we invite people into our lives, and, and as we invite those people into our lives, they come with some stuff. Amen. We know that, right? So who you invite into your life matters. Amen? So who's on the guest list of your life? What people have you invited into your life? What people have you made your life available to? I have to realized that in my life I invited some wrong people. Amen. My guest list was messed up. My guest list, I should have been a little more careful about the people I invited into my life. I, I, and, and sometimes we don't realize that the people we invited into our life don't mean us any good until they're there. Hallelujah. <laughs> when you think about a marriage and you invite people to the wedding, Amen. And, and can I be real here? And y'all going to be real too? You know, sometimes you just invite some people because they're going to give you a gift. Amen. Amen, lights. Amen. The only reason they on the list is because they're going to give you a gift. I'm going to invite Uncle so-and-so. I know he's going to give me a gift. I'm going to invite Auntie so-and-so. I know she gives good gifts. And you reach out to people that you normally didn't reach out to. Amen. Amen. You find out who in the family has money, and you send them an invitation. And when they get it, they're on the other end. They're like, who is this? <laughs> you remember, that's uh, so-and-so daughter. The, you know, they live down in, in Carolinas. And who, how, do we, how are we related to them? That's how far we've been. But we got to keep in mind that sometimes the guest list that you have, be careful about who's on it. Because you can have what we call, or what I call, drainers and suppliers. Amen. 
The drainers are those people who take from your life. They drain you of life itself sometimes. They drain you of the essence of life because they are there to simply take and receive from you. There are the suppliers. Those are the people that pour into your life. Those are the people that give you life. Those are the people that are uplifting to you. So when we make our guest list, what type of people have we invited? Drainers or suppliers? Amen. In a wedding setting, the drainers are those people. We're going to show up for the ceremony. We're going to show up for the, the, uh, the, the after party. Amen. The reception. And we're going to eat. We're going to drink and be merry. But we're not giving a gift. Amen. We're going to take some party favors. Amen. We're going to do all this stuff. But I didn't bring a card. I didn't bring a gift. I just showed up to see what I could get. And I just showed up to talk about what happened. Amen. You know, there are some people that may show up just for something to happen. There are some people who may show up waiting on something to happen. So they can go to Facebook. They can go to Instagram. They can go on Twitter and share with the rest of the world what happened at your wedding and talk about you at your wedding. And sometimes they do it while they're at your wedding. They post it. They got pictures of you out at the wedding before you can get put your own pictures out of your wedding. Amen. Amen. There are suppliers. These are the people that give into your life. Those are the people at the wedding who come to see what they can do. Come to see if they can be a help and a service. Amen. You'd be surprised sometimes at the people that show up at your wedding and they see something that is undone and they're willing to step in and get it done. They're not asking to be paid. They're not asking. They just see that there's a need. And I'm willing to step in and meet the need that is on the table. Those are suppliers. Those are the people who show up. And we're not just here to see what we can get. But I'm here to be a blessing to you. I'm here because I know you're about to start a new journey in life together. And I want to make sure you get started off on the right foot. Those are suppliers in our life. And we need those types of people in our life. The type of people that will supply us and not drain us. We don't need any more drainers in our life. We need suppliers in our life. So be careful about the guest list of your life. And ask yourself again, who's on the guest list of your life? Who have you invited into your life? Who have you allowed to have access to your life? And if you check your guest list, you may find that there are some drainers that you've allowed into your life. And they're draining the very life out of you. They're draining the joy out of you. They're draining you to the point that sometimes you just want to sit in the house by yourself in the dark. Okay. That's something that we call depression. Because you've let drainers in and not supply. But when I let suppliers into my life, when I'm having a bad day, suppliers show up and supply me with the strength that I need. When I'm having a bad day, the suppliers show up and they ask, what can I do to help to make things better? 
When I have a supplier in my life, he shows up and, and he comes and he begins to come alongside me and say, what can I do to assist you to making things better? What can I do to help you to see that there's a reason for you to come out of this darkness? Suppliers and not drainers. While you're doing your guest list, you may have to eliminate some people. Amen. When you see the guest list is too big, that's one of the things I had to learn. I had to cut the guest list of my life down. Everybody can't have access. To Amen. Because some people don't mean me any good. Amen, lights. Preach. Preach. You young ladies, y'all in school age, y'all know what it's like to be in school. Everybody can't have access to your life. Amen. I guarantee you right now, you got some friends that's not really your friends. You got some people that pull you down rather than lift you up. Amen. You ain't got to say amen. I can see the smile. <laughs> but it's the lifting up. Those are the people you need in your life. When you check the people that come into your life, don't just have friends just to have friends. Make sure that they're genuine. Make sure that they're real. Make sure that they have your best interests at heart. Make sure that they're there for you. And you can reciprocate and be there for them. Sometimes you got to be a supplier. Amen. And here's a secret. Make sure you're not a drainer. Make sure you're not the one who's draining somebody else. But that you are supplying and not draining the life out of somebody else. But sometimes you just need to have that one person that if nobody else is coming, this one person got to be on the list. You got to have that one. If nobody else is going to show up in my life, I need this one person to be on the list. Who is that person for you? Who is that one person that got to be on the list? Who is that one person that no matter what, they've got to be there? Who is that one person that needs to be in your life? No matter what's going on, you got this one person. That's the person that you call your A-lister, and that's the person you put number one on the guest list. Amen. Amen. You know how, how we start, right? We start with the guest list, and you start with the people you like. Amen. They know it. Amen. We start with the people you like. Then you start with the relatives, and then you start with when your mama and them tell you who you need to bring or who you need to invite. Amen. No, you need to invite Aunt Mabel. No, you need to invite Uncle Eltra. You need to invite, no, but mama, I don't really know. No, but you need to invite them. But when you start that list, start with that one person that you can't do without. The guest list of your life, make sure that you have one person that you can always count on. One person that you know is going to lift you up. One person that you know is going to do right by you no matter what the circumstances are. Always have that one person in your life that you know that you can call on in the midnight hour. That one person that you know that if they if come to it, they'll be right there to cover your back. That one person, make sure you got a list that has that one person on it. Then you got to make sure Secondly, that what's running out in your life? 
what's running out in your life. If you notice in uh, the second and third verse, or the, the, it's the third verse, it says, the wine supply ran out during the festivities. So Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. They are at the wedding. They're having a good time. And according to the Jewish custom, the wedding sometimes lasted a week long, sometimes more. But they're having a good time at the wedding. And it says that the wine is flowing. But it comes to a point where it runs the good news is the bride and the groom don't know that the wedding wine has run out. They're still enjoying the festivities. Some of the other guests don't know that the wine has run out. They're still enjoying the festivities. But for some reason, someone comes along and they begin to say to Jesus and them that, the wine has run out. Jesus' mother says, Jesus, the wine has run out. The supply has dried up. The question I have for you is, what are you running out of in your life? Are you running out of patience? Are you running out of energy? Are you running out of love? Are you spiritually run down? What are you running out of in your life? And what's the reason that you're running out of in your life? The reason they're running out of wine because the people are drinking it all up. The reason they're running out of wine because there are more people that were taking than giving. But again, it was the responsibility of the bride and groom to supply the resources for the wedding. And in the culture during that time, it was so serious that you could sometimes get sued if you did not provide the right stuff. Amen. Could you imagine that today? You throw a wedding and, and people come and they sue you because they didn't have a good time. You didn't supply them with the right stuff at the wedding. The meal wasn't what they expected. The, the wine wasn't what they expected. So they sued you. go to court with that. But the bridegroom did not know. The bride and the groom, they did not know that the wine had run out. They didn't know that there was lack. But the thing is, hallelujah, they had invited that one. And because they invited that one, when I told you you had to have a list with that one on it, that no matter what, they're going to show up for you, they invited Jesus to the wedding. When they made out their guest list, somebody had sense enough to put Jesus on the guest list. The question you have to ask yourself, what if Jesus had not been there? What if Jesus was not at the wedding? What if Jesus was not on the guest list? This couple would have faced embarrassment. 
running out of wine at the festivities, running out of wine while the guests were celebrating. It was a thing in their culture and it didn't go down too good when you ran out of wine, when you ran out of things at the festivities. But Jesus is on the guest list, and because Jesus is on the guest list, they didn't run out of wine. Hallelujah. When you have that one on the guest list, he becomes a supplier. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus became a supplier to them. And he began to open up after his mother told him that they've run out of wine. Now, he says something to his mama that we probably couldn't get away with. In some of the other translations, it says, he says, woman, what has that to do with me? Sister Ali, could you imagine telling your mama, woman, what does it got to do with me? Don't move too fast, Sister Reed. <laughs> None of us in here, I believe, could imagine going to our mama and saying that, what they got, woman, what does that got to do? You don't even call her mama. You just say, woman, what does that have to do with me? Jesus said, what? Is that of our business? What does that have to do with us? But mama, you know, mama always get her way. Amen. Amen. Mama always get her way. There was a need, but the need was met before they knew about it. That's how God does us some often. We have needs in our life, and sometimes God shows up before we even know that the need is there, that the, the lack is there. There have been moments when you might have looked at your bank account and thought that it's about to be in a certain space, but God met the need before it got there. Hallelujah. There have been times when in my life I know that because God was already moving and he had already moved and he had already supplied before the lack even showed up at the doorstep. There was a potential for a lack to happen, but God had already showed up and made a way. And when I understood that God could do that type of thing, it helps me even further to trust him, to believe in him, and to know that he can do anything but fail. But there's been plenty of times when I've been in the other side where I didn't know how it was going to work out. I was on my last dime, and I was at my last option, and Jesus shows up out of nowhere. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know y'all ain't never had this problem before, but I, I, I was one day, you know, money just wasn't going the way it was supposed to go, and I was trying to figure out what was going on. Why wasn't it going the way that it was supposed to go? I found out later on why it was going, but I, at that moment, I needed resources then, then, and rent was due. And I was trying to figure out, you know how we start thinking, right? Well, if I don't pay this and I put it over here, or we start thinking, well, if I borrow this, then I can try to pay it back then, and, and, and Lord Jesus, and, and God forbid, I hope none of y'all did this, but y'all remember them payday loan places? That's one of the worst things they ever did to people. The worst thing they ever did to people. Because <laughs> you get stuck in that cycle. While I was trying to figure it out, hallelujah, God had already, you heard this before, God had already worked it out. I had just about given up trying to figure it out, and I started checking the mail. 
And as I'm going through the mail and I'm looking at stuff and it looked like junk mail and I, I was about to toss it and I decided to open it. And hallelujah. God had been a supplier. And it was something that I had paid off, but I paid it off early. And because I paid it off early, they owed me money. And the check had been there for almost two weeks. Jesus. Amen. That's why I check my mail often now. Amen. I check my mail every I read it. Even if it's junk mail, I read it now. Amen. That check had been there for two weeks. And here I am stressing over how I'm going to get it done, but God had already supplied. He had already showed up and become a supplier in my life. He had already showed up and provided the answer that I needed. All because one day I decided to put him on my guest list of my life and make him the head of my life. And once he became the number one person in my life, the guest list was set right there. I didn't need any other people on the guest list. I love y'all, and I'm glad you're a part of my life, but if I can do without y'all, I will, because I got to have one person, and that's Jesus. And it's because Jesus is the number one person on my guest list because he's shown up to be a supplier. He's shown up and made a way out of no way. He's shown up and been all that I need in the midst of a storm. He's shown up and been all that I need in the times of trouble because I decided one day to put him on the guest list of my life. But not only must you make sure that you understand that what you might be running out of in your life, but also what are you doing to get the wine back? What are you doing to get the wine back? Jones, what do you mean? What are you doing to get the wine back? If you look at verses 4 and 5, it says, Dear woman, that's not our problem. Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. Watch mama. But his mother told his servant, the servants, do whatever he tells you. Mm. What are you doing to get the wine back? Jones, what do you mean, what are you doing to get the wine back? Well, to get the wine back means that you're getting your joy back. To get your joy back means that you've got access again to that which may have been lacking before. When you find that there's something slipping in your life, when you find that there's something being taken away, you find that you're starting to lack in something in life, it's time to look to why it's lacking and to get it back. You see, wine was a symbol of joy back then. Amen. Probably much like it probably is today. Amen. Amen. See, y'all don't want to be real this morning. Amen. If you have drank, I know you smiled. Amen. And I know that that smile most likely came from the alcohol. Amen. Because some of us be frowned up. Amen. Until we get a drink in us. Hey, some of us don't talk that much until we get a drink in us. Amen. So when we think about the fact that the joy was symbolized in the wine. There was some joy that could have been taken from the ceremony. But the supplier named Jesus was there. And because he was there, they had somebody that could do something about the lack that was about to happen. 
But notice it started when Jesus' mother said, they are running out of wine. And then you heard her speak again and say, do what he tells you. Mm -hmm. Hmm. That's the part that I like right there. She didn't ask Jesus. She just told the people to do what he tells you. Jesus said, Mama, that's not our problem. Mama, we ain't responsible. That's not our problem. That's not our issue. It's almost as if she didn't even listen to Jesus. She said, do what he tell you. I can see my mama right now. Do what he tell you. And guess what? They followed that. Jesus followed that. Because Jesus told them, bring me the water pots and fill them with water. They brought the water pots and they filled, notice this, each one was capable of holding 20 to 30 gallons. That's a lot of wine. The party is about to really be on. <laughs> they had six of those that were capable of even 20 to 30 gallons of wine. The party is going. The celebration is on. The joy is flowing, but somebody comes and recognizes there's some draining happening in this ceremony. There's a drainage that is happening, and it's going to wind up turning the ceremony upside down. But instead of them going to another drainer and asking for help, they went to the supplier, the name Jesus. And they went to him, and they got supplied with what they needed. And Jesus' mother said, do whatever he tells you to do. They did that. They followed the word of God. It helps me to understand that when I've got joy missing in my life, when I've got lack going on in my life, I've got to talk to the one that's able to supply. I've got to talk to the one who is able to make it happen. I've got to talk to Jesus. I've got to go to him and ask him to show up. He is my guest list. He is the number one on my guest list. Not only is that, he's my plus one too. You know, all of us, you like to get your plus one at the reception. Amen. You got to pick that one carefully, too. Amen. You ever took the wrong plus one to a reception? Amen. And, and you, you, you kind of wish you would have never bought them? <laughs> oh, I should have picked somebody else. Amen. But Jesus has to be that one. Jesus and the bridegroom, the bridegroom and the bride have no idea what's happening. And in fact, the wine that Jesus made was so good that when they took it out and gave it to the governor, and he drunk some, he looked and went to the bridegroom and said, people usually serve the cheap stuff. After everybody has well drunk, they bring out the cheap stuff. But he gave him a compliment. He said, you have saved the best till last. That bridegroom and the bride and groom had no idea what was happening. All they knew is that somebody came and told them that they had served the best wine. Now, the thing is, they knew what they had paid for. I hope. They knew what they had ordered. Amen. And maybe what they paid for and what they ordered, they may have been baffled themselves to say, what do you mean? Well, we paid for the medium-grade wine. We paid for the low-end wine. Is it that good? But it allowed the wedding to continue. It allowed the joy to continue. It allowed the celebration 
to continue because he had a supplier at the wedding. Not a drainer that drained the rest of the wine out. Not a drainer that took everything and the life out of the reception. But he had a one there that would bring life again back to the reception. He had one that would bring life back to the event. One by the name of Jesus. And as Jesus brought life back into that event. As he brought life back into the party. By supplying them with the best wine that they had ever had. Yes, there was a need on the table, but they knew nothing about the need. But Jesus was already meeting their need before they knew about it. I'm so glad that I know something about that, that he meets my needs before I know about them. Sometimes he shows up ahead of time. Sometimes he shows up without you even asking and provides a way out of it. Sometimes he shows up and blesses you right on time. You know, when you thought it was going to be over, when you didn't know which way to go, when you didn't know how it was going to happen, and you was at your rope's end, as they say. But all of a sudden, Jesus comes out of nowhere, a hero to save the day. And as he comes in to save the day, as he comes in to give you new life, as he comes in to give you new hope, as he comes in to restore your joy, you got to give him thanks. You got to give him praise. The text doesn't tell us, but I would hope that this bride and this groom went and gave him thanks. Because I pray that somebody may have told them that you know you was about to run out of wine, but Jesus stepped in. You was about to run out, but Jesus showed up. Hallelujah. Maybe that's what we got to start doing. You know you're about to run out of time, but Jesus can step in. You was about to run out of peace, but Jesus stepped in. You was about to run out of love, but Jesus stepped in. You know, we got to sometimes tell people you might not be making it any further unless you let Jesus come into your life. We've got to understand that there are times when we need people that will give us life and not take life from us. What are you doing to restore the wine. What's going on in your life is robbing you of joy, of peace. What things in your life are taking from you? What people around you are draining you rather than supplying you with life? When you check and you come back with a list, these are my drainers, these are my suppliers. I've got to get rid of the drainers, or I've got to start limiting their access to me. The suppliers, I've got to begin to thank them. I've got to begin to give them greater access to me, because these are the people that are going to be there for you. These are the people that are going to give you life. These are the people that are going to make life better for you, because they're willing to be there to supply you with what you need in life. Amen. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. When I was talking about the guest list, it's people that you invite. The way that we get a relationship with Christ is we invite him to come and be a part of our life. We invite him to come and be the head of our life. We invite him to come and restore the joy of life. And when we invite him in, he comes. He shows up. The word says that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
And if you have not asked Jesus to come into your life and you want to make that choice now, you want to add Jesus to the guest list of your life and ask him to come in. Won't you come? Won't you come? Thank you for tuning in today. We pray that this message was a blessing to you. If it was, drop us an email at wesleyonmain at yahoo.com. That's wesleyonmain at yahoo.com to let us know how this message has touched your life. Until next time, God bless.